You know, there's a legend about the Podcast Republic app that if you download it when the moon is full, it causes a change in you. And that change is that your podcasts are easier than ever to listen to. That's right. Download the Podcast Republic app when the moon is full, or literally any other time. I want to make this very clear for legal reasons that this is a bit. And you favorite your podcasts and they download directly to your vice. Even on the moors? Even on the moors. That's the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Ow. When the mega powers explode! I'm talking about the 8880s. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the Mega Podcasting Powers, and with me on this special bonus episode is my tag team partner, the Macho Man Drew. Andrew Lano. Uh, and we're just doing a quick intro and, I guess, uh, some final thoughts after uh, digesting a few days of um, our Halloween Horror Nights experience. Um, but first, I want to say a huge thank you to the folks on Patreon who support this show, uh, without whom this wouldn't be a thing that we did. We talk about this a little bit in the intro you'll hear that we recorded while we were in Universal Studios, but um, people ask about the Patreon, and I always say it's not life-changing money but it's definitely podcast changing money and we've been able to upgrade our equipment uh upgrade the web hosting for the show upgrade the service the storage and service of the um, files themselves to make it easier for us to post it um we just bought andrew a new microphone we haven't gotten it to him yet but he's getting a brand new microphone so we really appreciate it and we got to do something that was I don't know if I would say life-changing, but certainly something that we've been wanting to do since... I mean, a bucket list item's a little life-changing. Yeah. Almost 20 years we've been saying we were going to do this. I even... I don't know if I talked to you about this before, but it was a couple of years ago. There were a bunch of houses I thought we would really like, and I like priced it out, and I just couldn't swing it as a gift for you, even like combining birthday and Christmas and, you know, couldn't, couldn't quite get there. And then I was contemplating like asking someone else to chip in. And I was like, I don't think I can ask like our, our brother or our parents to be like, can you give me money to give Andrew a gift that I'm also going to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, I'm really glad uh, that I didn't do that because this was really spectacular and we got shown a really great time by uh, Allie and Patrick at Universal who really made the experience uh, super special. And I, I feel remiss that I didn't uh, get the name of our sound engineer, but one of the, uh, frankly, sneakily coolest parts of this experience was this is the first time we've ever recorded in an actual recording studio. Yeah. They have like a, a secret radio station set up there. Um, and we got to go, you know, record that way, which was really cool. It was, it, it was very awesome to have someone else like mixing our sound, mastering our sound and doing all of the stuff that I have to do. <laughs> so that was really, really fun. Um, but I just, yeah, as I was sitting, uh, you know, on the plane and, and coming back and, and I'm, sh- I don't know if you probably didn't do this cause you probably had to sleep given your insane travel schedule, but yeah. And the fact that I woke up late. Yeah. Yeah. So Andrew, we should tell people we both flew down. Thursday morning, uh, you you landed in Orlando at what time? Uh, a little after seven. Okay, and I landed at like eight thirty, nine thirty. 
around nine. You landed it. You landed at seven. I didn't know that. Seven seven thirty. So your flight took off at five. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so you had to kill a lot of time at the airport then. Now I feel terrible for you. Um, That's why I was so seriously considering lifting to the park. Yeah, I thought you landed at eight thirty. Yeah. No, I probably would have lifted if I were you. Anyway. Um, now you tell me. So we got the we got there super early. Uh, we picked up our passes. We hit a couple of rides at, uh, Universal, the original park, did our interview. Then we ran around, did basically every ride at Islands of Adventure and Universal. And then we ended up doing seven of the 10 mazes and all of the scare zones. And the Lagoon Show. And the Lagoon Show. Um, it was like a roughly 12 hour theme park day and... We what was it thirty five thousand steps I think we thirty five thousand steps and fifteen miles fifteen attractions yeah, yeah. Um, certainly the longest I've ever walked in a single day before it was it was really packing a lot in it's up there um, if it's not the most for me yeah I've never done anything close to that I don't think uh, even hiking Machu Picchu I don't think I hit thirty five thousand in one day <laughs> and I uh, that's hiking Machu Picchu um, but yeah I just wanted to like say thank you again properly and, and make sure that part was recorded well. Cause I don't know uh, the sound on those files is a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to dig a, uh, you know, a second to, you know, maybe talk um, if you had any other thoughts about Halloween horror nights or any other things that you wanted to add as you've been sitting and thinking about it and stuff like that. Um, I, I really, it was a wonderful time and it, it was definitely, the houses were definitely scarier than I was anticipating. Um, yeah. And I think Next time I go, I'm I'm probably gonna watch videos beforehand, because mm-hmm. uh, I I think we both consciously decided not to do that. Yeah, I didn't want to get anything like spoiled, so to speak. Yeah, even though you know it's it's not really a spoiler because it's you know they're, you're walking through a maze. It's based on Stranger Things, like you recognize those scenes and stuff. Um, yeah, because especially the the original houses that aren't based on anything but someone's imagination, uh, I, I definitely would watch a video first because. And, like, that might sound sacrilege to, like, Horror Nights purists, but yeah. for me, it would be way more enjoyable if I was able to be, like, like put my shoulders down for a second and just flinch when things jump out at me instead of just, right, like, right. living, like, walking through in a constant state of terror. Like, shoulders at my yeah. ears, all, like, uncomfortable terror. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, as we should, you mentioned this before, and I don't know if we did it while we were in the park, but just to make sure that we've done it. So Halloween Horror Nights, the way it works is there's uh, houses, which are like haunted mazes where they build, um, you know, plywood walls that have secret hidey holes for people to po- pop out and scare you and like all sorts of really cool. It's not just like plain plywood. These are like, you know, basically movie level sets almost of um so this year there were 10 houses. Five of them were based on six and four. Actual, or, is it six and four? Mm-hmm. It's okay. six, uh, um, six IPs or intellectual properties, which means an existing movie or TV show or franchise. And then four original houses. Yeah. So when we talk uh, later in this episode, you'll hear us talking to Patrick, uh, who's one of the creative folks behind making these things happen. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about translating a movie to a maze is, you know, they take us, they watch that movie a bunch of times, figure out some key scenes and they figure out how to make a, a maze version of it. So the mazes are, you know, you walk through, it's kind of like a conga line of people as the night goes on. Cause the event's really popular. And I actually just saw today. They added another night. Um, yeah. I saw that because too. of the popularity this year. Um, 
and so like basically what we and then the other thing they do is a scare zone which is like kind of open area it's not as congested it's more interactive i find yeah definitely and the the houses are kind of claustrophobic which adds to the fear of it so if you're if you have a real problem with claustrophobia this would not be a good event for you but the scare zones are fun too but uh, one of the things that i thought was most fun was just like being in the park that's exactly what i said happening yeah like I almost honestly, like even if I had not done any of the houses and just kind of wandered around there at night, it was really interesting to be one. It's like, uh, especially early in the night when we did our first two houses, we were like so overwhelmed that we needed a break immediately because we're big giant babies. So we went to the Harry Potter area and it's like completely empty practically. So there's like, it is open and available to go in, but no yeah, one yeah. wants to waste their t- quote unquote, waste their time there. Cause you're there for horror nights. Right, exactly. So later on in the night, it got more full back in that area. But at the early part, it was just stone empty. And it was just awesome. Like we were wandering around Diagon Alley with, you know, it it felt like our own little area, um, which was awesome, because that area was always kind of full of people. Um, We also got to just kind of wandering and taking all the atmosphere, even just for a while. um, There was one of the scare zones that you really liked that was called Vanity Ball. Thank you. I was like, it's a glam something ball. Um, but you really liked it. And it's not like, not really a thing. Like I, I hundred percent was like, Oh, Andrew's going to love this. And it's just not in my wheelhouse as much. So I was like, I need to sit down. So I'm just going to sit on this bench and just sitting and watching other people get startled and frightened was really amusing and, and, and fun. Yeah. And I like, I should preface that. I don't think vanity ball is particularly scary. Like I didn't get scared at all. But it was the aesthetic and the atmosphere and the costuming and the production design. I just, I was like, I love everything about this. Yeah, it has a real like uh, drag queen vibe to it. Yeah, it's very reminiscent. If you, if anyone is familiar with the ball scene of the '80s, where you know voguing and houses came from. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because I, I did these things a lot when I was in high school at the the one that was. I did not to us. Yeah, and I I really liked them then, although in hindsight now, I was scared then, but other people were having such big reactions that I was kind of laughing at everyone else's reactions, and it made it feel different than this time, where it was just the two of us, and both of us were out of our minds scared, so Mm -hmm. it was like, I I didn't get to laugh at anyone else's misfortune, which I guess is karmically, uh, you know, me getting my retribution, Um, but this version of it basically became, I was holding onto your hand over your left shoulder and then either <laughs> cowering behind you or using you as a bulldozer <laughs> on alternating times to try to get out of there. Um, but yeah, it helped once that I, I actually thought the experience was much better, which seems counterintuitive, but it was much better as the night went on and the houses got kind of full and crowded because the, the reaction that we both had in the initial couple houses was, Oh my God, I'm scared. I want to run away. And there was space to run away, but there was, like, one or two people in front of you who were like, oh, if I could only get around these two people, I could just run away. And, like, you wouldn't really want to run through them. It would be dangerous. Yes. Like it's highly likely you'd slip and fall. But it felt like you could do it if only this one person wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And as the night went on, it was like, there's nowhere to run. Like, I can't – I cannot get away. <laughs> well, also, so, it's sort of when there are so many people, you, you can – you can get a sense of where scare actors are hiding mm-hmm. and like where scares might come from. And right. I liked that because between watching so many videos in the past of like how this night, how this event works and how it's set up and like 
just being an observant person, I was like, okay, cool. So if the floor looks like this, it means there's water. And if there's water, that means someone's going to be popping out somewhere. And then I could hear a sound like, okay, the what? someone's going to come out from over there. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, it's a bummer. Like I, I fully intend to watch some of the videos because the second one we did was this underwater mining company thing. And I love underwater horror. I love like it's right in my wheelhouse. I wish I could have walked through there with the lights on, but I was so busy getting scared that I like couldn't take all the elements and the creature design was really cool. The design of the the submarine set itself, or I guess it's not really a submarine. I would love to do their lights on tours that they offer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that one, I got scared so bad. Like I whipped my head back and I almost lost my sunglasses. Then I'm like stopping and trying to like catch them. Cause I was like, if they fall on the floor, I'm not gonna be able to find them. It's dark in here. I'm gonna be crawling around and lose my sunglasses. So it was just very silly how frightened we were. Um, but yeah, it ended up being a really fun experience despite that. Like, I know it sounds crazy. It's like, I got the crap scared out of me and I had a great time, but I, it really is how it went. Just the vibe down there is really, really fun. If you're into horror movies, like, like we are, uh, well worth, worth, worth checking it out. And I also will say, I know it's expensive, but that skip the line passes a real godsend when those lines creep up. It is. It a hundred percent is. Yeah. So thank you to Universal for providing us all that great stuff and making the experience pretty spectacular. Yeah, so, there's a way to um, experience your first Halloween Horror Nights. I feel like we, like, superseded everything. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, I just want to say thank you again to our Patreon supporters. If you're hearing this and you're not a Patreon supporter, they got to hear this before you did. So not only do they get the things advertised, but sometimes we throw extra stuff their way like this that they got about uh, – almost a little over a week of exclusivity on this one before it went out to the general public. Mm-hmm. And thank but you thank very you much again. to universal for providing all that. I know we thanked you later several times, yeah. but I, we truly cannot thank you enough for um, this amazing experience. I'll be, I took a lot over. I took 57 minutes worth of video between flying and the event itself and a recap uh, that I'll be editing down into a watchable thing at some point soon mm-hmm. so keep an eye out for that i'll try to put some pictures up too from the day uh uh as well so we'll probably have them on patreon but i'll maybe make it a free post after uh after and if you're hearing this on the regular feed go to patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s there'll be a free post with the photos i'll make it free after after uh, our exclusivity window because we want to give that those folks supported us and made this happen so we want to make sure we give them um, but yeah, just wanted to do a quick little recap after we had some time to digest. You'll hear us. Uh, what we decided to do is we recorded an intro while we are down there. Then we have our interview with Patrick. Uh, and then we have our sort of live reactions after every house where we recorded ourselves talking. So the quality of that audio is going to be a little below standard, but hopefully good enough that you can still listen to it and enjoy it. Um, so uh, with that, I guess we'll throw it to ourselves from Thursday, uh, September 19th to see how we were feeling on our way into Universal Studios. We now go live to Universal Studios. (laughs) With ourselves in the past. (laughs) Uh, Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half the mega podcasting powers. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, the man crossing one off his bucket list with me today, the Macho Mandrew. Andrew Lano. And yeah, bucket list for sure. We are coming to you live from Universal Studios, Florida. So apologies for the uh, lower audio quality for these interstitial segments. But uh, we're recording on our phones, so not in the studio, as it were. 
Yeah, not ideal, but we, we make it work. Um, big thank you to Universal, and in the interest of full disclosure, they have given us uh, tickets to the amusement park for the day, uh, a hotel for the evening, and uh, tickets to the Halloween Horror Nights event. And as well as the Express Pass, which allows us to skip a bulk of the line. Yes, they've really taken great they, care of us. I, I cannot thank them enough and Ali for uh, really coordinating everything. Yeah. You're amazing. Yeah. Um, so we just got out of our interview with Patrick, which we'll set up here in a minute, but just want to take a second and uh, do some of these updates throughout the event. I think we might do one or two during the day and then probably as many as we can during the uh, evening event, but uh, we've always wanted to come to this. Uh, we've been to this park before, but we've never gone to Halloween Horror Nights, which has been something we've wanted to do for years and years and years and years. And so finally getting to do this is really just incredible. Yeah, I, I, it's been such a dream of mine to finally come. I've watched so many videos, always wanted to. And then um, last year, I remember it was super 80s themes. And I was like, well, they're not going to do 80s themes two years in a row. I missed some of the ideal chance to go and experience the 80s nostalgia of Halloween Horror Nights, and then they did it again, and it's great. Yeah, so uh, Ghostbusters, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, Stranger Things, Stranger Things, and also a uh, arcade section, which is very obviously 80s themed. And I might argue that Us has sort of an 80s influence. Yeah, it does, for sure, for sure. Um, but uh, you were saying before about how crazy this is. Yeah. We're going through the turnstile now, sorry. Nice, I like Thank you. Come right in. Thank you. I'm a Jason fan, so. Me too. <laughs> Thank you. I'm um, sorry. We just got through the turnstile. We'll probably cut that out. But uh, I, I said, if could you, can you imagine if six years ago, five years ago, whatever? It was more than six years ago. We did it about three or four months before we recorded the first yeah. podcast. Uh, when we did our first typey. We did like a live vlog of our show. Of Yeah, live tweeting what we did. Our usual commentary of Goonies are good enough. For really just you and me? Right. Uh, I, I said, like, I don't know if this is going to be funny, but I would think it would be amusing to do, if nothing else. Fun to do, yeah. yeah. And cut to six years later, we've been invited and treated like royalty by a theme park we really respect and love. Yeah, yeah. We're big fans of this park. I mean, obviously, we've talked before about being big theme park dorks, and the trips here with our family when we were younger are a major part of that, so... Uh, really, really, really cool and just really awesome. surreal. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm really super thrilled to get to do this with you finally. So uh, we'll be updating throughout. But right now, let's go to our interview with Patrick uh, from the creative team behind Halloween Horror Nights. We good? We live? We rolling? Yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so we are thrilled to be doing this interview uh, with the, I'm sorry, I had your title in my head and it just flew out as I sat down. It's okay. Director. I'm a creative development show director. Okay. Uh, and uh, we're going to be talking all about all the great stuff at uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's start with how long you've been doing Halloween Horror Nights stuff. What was your, like, you know, I'm assuming maybe you evolved into the role you have now. Do you have us, give us your little quick uh, Halloween Horror Nights history. Hi, everybody. I'm Patrick Braylord. I'm a creative development show director, and I have been uh, since 2010 on the team for, uh, as, as a permanent member. Um, I actually started as a performer at uh, in the park. Um, at Fear Factor Live. Oh, cool. Making people eat bugs for a living. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, yep, and did that for a couple, two or three years, and then um, became a performance coordinator or captain for the streets in 2007. Okay. 
Um, and then in 08, I was brought in seasonally as the show director for the houses. And then in 09, I was invited to be a part of the concept team. Okay. And then in 2010, transitioned full-time into, into creative development. So uh, extensively in the last couple of years, Halloween Horror Nights. But as a creative development show director, you have the opportunity to do a lot of varied things, whether it be some of the other marquee events like uh, doing Grinchmas or the, you know, the, the parades or you know, Grad Bash, Grad Venture, Mardi Gras, all of the other events. Or to, in, in, in certain cases, be able to do new entertainment offerings that hit the park, like Raptor Encounter or Diagon Alley oh, or things awesome. like that. So okay. the history, I'm, I'm kind of been all over the place. Sure, yeah. Um, the last couple of years, focusing primarily with Charles Gray, my partner on the other side for the houses. Okay. So he'll take five and I'll take five. And, okay. And, and in, that, in that vein for the last couple of years. Okay. So... How do you uh, divvy those up? Is it like a little bit of a squabble back and forth as to which of you gets to do which thing? I have to. No, imagine. we're totally we're totally kind to one another. Okay, the, okay. The, no, no, it's a great partnership. Yeah, it okay. really is. Yeah. Um, y- no, it's it, it is interesting. Part of it has to do with schedule. Okay. Part of it has to do with when they come online, as far as the design is concerned. Um, part of it has to do with which designer we're going to match up with at what time, because we have to be cognizant of their schedules and make sure that there's a variety that way their conversation is always evolving and that mm-hmm. there is uh, there's freshness to that. It's not that you're going to lock in with one designer for the entire duration. Cause then you've got five houses that albeit will be a different ilk and there'll be different IPs. They will definitely have a similar feel to them. And sure. you don't want that. that. You want, you know, you want the conversation to mix up. Okay. Yeah. And I imagine there's some level of like trying to be cohesive among them. So you like from your point of view, are you trying to avoid like a similar style of scare happening a lot? That kind of thing? Absolutely. I mean, we've got, yeah, we've got not only on the, on the micro of, of that where, you know, we don't want certain gags to be used over and over again because it it leads to a dull environment. Uh, But also on, on, on the macro, you've got that broad scale of what is the entire slate of houses for the course of the year. And then year over year, how the event is evolving. So, 26 is different than 27, 28 is different than 27 or 29. And how that all ma- matches up, you want to look in concept of how that slate is going to look to a guest as they walk through. Because what we don't want is we don't want three houses that are incredibly similar and then the guests walk out feeling as if there hasn't been a difference. We want it, it for for either one of you, because horror is so subjective, you're going to get scared of something that you're not going to get scared about. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. For and sure. so, and you want that opportunity for you guys to be able to banter back and forth of, well, that house is really great. Yeah. But this house is actually my favorite. Okay. You want that, you want that opportunity for guests to have that feeling. What's the schedule like? I'm guessing you're pretty much starting you, this event ends November 2nd. I'm imagining you're starting November, what, 3rd? Maybe you got a day or two before you're working on next year? Or, uh, or? We are already in concept for 2020. Okay. Uh, we've been talking about, we've ha- been having hallway conversations since early June Okay. for 2020. Okay. And then this week in particular, um, I'm actually missing a meeting right now. Oh, well, thank you for, that. Thank you for the time. <laughs> it's fine. I'm or, glad. I'm happy or, to be here. Or, or you're welcome. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Depending on how heated it is in the room right now. Yeah. That that we are already. Uh, we're already. Yeah. Conversations are already occurring about 2020, and and we're 
we're extremely excited about where the event's going to be going. Okay. And 2020 is a big year, 30, right? It's the 30th anniversary. Yeah. So I yeah. imagine you have to, there's a lot of pressure with that, I'm imagining. You would think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No? Okay. I don't know. Okay. Is, is there? I mean, I would feel pressure. I don't know. <laughs> I didn't until this interview. And <laughs> no, now I'm, gonna... was, I'm just, you know. I, you know <sighs> no, no. It's, it, here's the thing is that we, we all attack it from a place of love. Like it's, it, it really is so much fun for us to be able to approach this and to be able to play inside those worlds that we've been afforded the opportunity to do. So it gives us the chance to, to dive in and, and have a lot of fun in the case of 29, man, Ghostbusters, come on. That's the 35th anniversary of that house. Absolutely. It was so important to all of us in, in eventually we wouldn't have known it at the time, but eventually leading us, in part down the path that we took in life to be able to get us to the point where we can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as when you look at things that are, that are heavily nostalgic and in particular with your guys' podcast, things that are heavily nostalgic and uh, like stranger things where, you know, it's so steeped in that nostalgia of that, of that time period and how fundamental it was the eighties were for the Duffers to be able to create that mm-hmm. gave us then the opportunity to dive into those seasons and, and really be able to, to invest. Um, and I think that 29 going back to the, the previous part of the conversation, I think 29 is the most ambitious and largest slate of houses that we have ever attempted. And I think that the complexity of not only the original houses, but also the intellectual property houses is something that we have never done before. And I think that that gives us not only a, a great thing for the guests to experience this year, but it also gives us a way of being able to launch forward into what 30 will eventually become. Awesome. And so for you, is it, uh, which would you prefer? Do you prefer working on an IP or an original or like what would, what are some of the drawbacks and, you know, they, positives they, of both? They, they, they all, I, I, I don't know about challenges or, or drawbacks. I think that they're all exciting. I think that um, because it is a varied slate and because you're looking at something that might be like Nightingale's Blood Pit, which takes place in, in Rome, and then you go to Stranger Things. You know, you've got Yeti, which happens in the Yukon, and then you've got Depths of Fear, which happens under the ocean. And then you've got Graveyard Games, which is very classic Ascension Parish, Louisiana, and then House of a Thousand Corpses, which takes place in Western Texas. Like, you've got all these different varied uh, environments mm-hmm. and all of these varied different types of creatures or and or characters that you then get to dive into. I think in particular, um, it's a wonderful challenge and a lot of fun to be IP adherent to make sure that we get it absolutely correct. And the, the decor team and our scenic team, our costume and makeup and prosthetics team, I think that they are brilliant in how they're able to translate what you saw on screen to a live experience that you're walking through. Um, because you guys haven't gone to the event, yeah. what are you most excited about seeing tonight? I have to know because because we've seen so much. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys have never been here. No, I've seen a lot of videos. I've yeah. In years past, I would like watch videos. as much as possible for like people who do, you know, like the where you put the camera on the people. Uh-huh. And, yeah, that kind yep. of stuff uh, where they're like getting scared. So I, 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 I've i seen it. Uh, I've done haunted house attractions before, but I obviously the scale Nothing here is, scale, is totally yeah. different. Um, Ghostbusters, as you mentioned, huge. I, I've always loved that movie. One I've you know known since I was a kid. Killer Clowns. Yeah. Because I, really, I, I saw the um, the scare zone last year. 
and how I thought that looked amazing. And the fact that it was, you know, been upgraded to a full blown house this year, I think is really exciting to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, there's, there's, and, and from an original standpoint, I, I, Yeti, I think is such a cool, like that sort of cultural mythology. I, I, I kind of really love cryptozoological, cryptozoological stuff. So I think that'll be a blast. And, and I'm pumped for graveyard games. Yeah. Cause I, I've heard there's a little bit of a social media aspect in the queue to sort of kind of get you into the world before you even step inside. So I'm God, really, you guys are going to have so much fun. Tonight. Yeah, no, we're really excited. We're <laughs> really, have really so thrilled. much fun. Yeah. I mean, and, but, but speaking to that, what you guys just brought up is the exact same thing that, you know, we've kind of been talking about that it, it is this varied slate. You're, you're going to experience a lot of different things tonight. Yeah. And that's, that's absolutely fantastic. For us, there's no better there's no better feeling that we have as as people when we stand outside of houses and watch people come out. We love watching people's reactions to what they just experienced, and more often than not, what follows a scream is you laughing, yeah, mm-hmm. either at yourself or somebody's laughing at you, yeah, yeah, because you're screaming, right, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. it's so it's that that always makes us happy. Yeah, I'm a giant baby, so I expect yeah, to it's gonna be so yeah, much fun. Yeah, there'll be a whole lot of screaming. I've already told him he's going first for pretty much all of them, so. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be the one who's a bigger baby to, of the two of us. Um, one of the things we were talking about on the way over that we we're, were wanting to ask you about is how do you figure out the the pieces of a movie that become part of the maze, right? Like how do you... Like, like what seven scenes, you decide which yeah, seven or, scenes are going to yeah, be... Yeah, how, how does that process work? Are you watching these movies 27 times in a row? Like trying like get, talk, walk us through, you know, without giving away any of the secrets, obviously, of, of any of the scares or anything, but love to know the process of, of translating a movie into the real world like this and, and all the work that goes into that. Um, the amount of times that we watch these films and or television shows or or whatever they might be, yeah, it's exhaustive. It, it, there's, a, there's a lot of time spent to making sure that we are able to translate what we want to translate and and you know it, it's 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 kind of strange it's 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 almost a muscle that you 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 grow over time being on the concept team mm-hmm. where you Makes start sense. to watch you start to watch horror movies and you almost can't turn it off sure yeah you, you start watching you're like okay that's a scene yeah. that's a scene that's yeah. not a scene that's not a scene um and what movies translate better or 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 would be more challenging uh to translate um this year we lucked out. There are so many different wonderful moments of every single one of these movies and, and television shows that we were able to choose from that it was really a matter of how much can we fit in. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular with Ghostbusters. I know that Charles with the audio bed, he was dedicated to making sure that, yes, the trigger is going to be there and you're going to get scared by a performer coming out or a creature coming out or whatever it might be. But then on the wind, immediately following that, you're going to hear other excess dialogue that you knew as a fan or we knew as fans we would want to hear in the experience. Right on. Yeah, so you awesome. So you may not have the opportunity to travel to certain places in the film because the house would be two hours long. Sure. Mm-hmm. But you will have that opportunity to feel as if you're like, oh, no, they got it. We, they, hopefully, if we've done our job. Yeah. They got everything. Okay, yeah, hitting they all touched, the points. They hit. They hit on the really big points. We heard the dialogue that we wanted to hear. We, you know, we saw the characters that we wanted to see, <laughs> um, and then some little surprises that we may have. Okay, as well. Yeah, very cool. Because Ghostbusters is it's not a it's not a museum piece. You're not going to walk through the film looking around, going, "Oh, this is neat," but I'm not scared. Yeah, it, there are definite moments where we where we come after you. Okay. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um. So in, if, you know, Universal hands you a magic wand and says, like, whatever you pick, no matter who owns it, no matter anything, that's going to be a house in what next year's event, what would you pick? Um, well, okay. Two things. One, I'm looking at the PR rep right now, so I'm very mindful about what I'm going to say about next year. 
in the continuing years. But also, I, I, I'll we're say not looking for you to spoil anything. We've been, we've been, we've, we've. Uh, I, I know, yeah, I know. But we've been, we've been extremely fortunate over the last, I would say, five years in particular, six years, that we've been very fortunate to be able to land some some of the biggest white whales in the history of horror, as far as the genre is concerned. I mean, you talk about Exorcist and Shining and Poltergeist and Ghostbusters and these things that were so important to us as we grew. And in, in, in not only uh, as we grew up, but also as we grew in our love of the genre and, and, and uh, what the, these films mean to us individually and personally, um, that, you know, you never know what we're going to do next. And I think that that's also part of the allure of this particular event. I think that um, Halloween Horror Nights, not only on the East Coast, but also by coastally and now globally, we we give the opportunity if fans are so inclined to travel to all four locations and actually experience Halloween Horror Nights on a global aspect, and there are people who do that. I believe uh, it. Um, We've seen some videos. Yeah, <laughs> we we you get the you get the opportunity then to be able to tell those stories like a like a Stranger Things in three different locations globally, and how each one of those teams then breaks that out is always so much fun to watch. So. If somebody were to hand us a blank check, I, I, you know, I, I think I'd, I'd want us to keep on the path that we're on right now, because I think that if we do that and we and we are, we are, uh, we are mindful about what came in the past, it gives us an opportunity to be just as mindful towards the future. Mm-hmm. It gives us an opportunity to really decide what's the most important thing for us to do for that year's event. How it fits into the entire slate, how it how it navigates, and and what are the environments that our guests are going to go up against? What are the creatures and or, or and or killers or arrow or whatever it might be that they're going to face as well? Um, that's a great question. And you I know, dodged and it really well. I know. You thanks. I appreciate that. Was, that was like that, was, that was some like Neo in the Matrix <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. But at the same, th- but 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 I but I I, I don't want to. I don't want to do a disservice to the things that are happening this year to place a focus on what may come. Yeah, no, I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. 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 Um, what is the, and again, I'm not asking you to tell us anything about next year, but you said you're starting or started working on it already. Do you know what IPs you have already? Or is that something that comes online as you go? I can neither confirm nor deny anything that's going to happen <laughs> in the future. Oh, well, okay. Well, let's talk about this year then. Like <laughs> I, well, let's, let's, I, I'm, I'm speaking in the abstract here. Yeah. I'm just curious of like, what is the timeline? Yeah. Like? like you have, you, it sounds like you start in June for the following October. So you're talking about like 15 months. Mm-hmm. Do you know day one? Okay. Here's, the five IP or three or four IP. That's houses. a great question. Yeah. Um, th- uh, yes and no. Okay. Um, uh, on a year by year basis, it's going to change. Okay. It's going to morph. Um, I, uh, we, we, yeah, it, it, it changes. There are some years where it, uh, based on, based on any number of different circumstances, that process get, is, is elongated. And sometimes it's a lot shorter. Sure. Sometimes we go in and we've got two or three in the barrel and we already know, boom, boom, boom. Okay, I know cool. we're going to go that route. And then there are a few where we, we start down a path and then for any number of different reasons, we go, you know what? That's not right this year. That one needs to go on the shelf. Okay. Like we need to take that one and, and place it over here. And it might need to, for any number of different reasons. Um, I can, I can tell you that in, uh, I forget the year. Uh, Legendary Truth Year, 2011, 2012, 11, 11. 12, 10, 11. We get what's called the blur. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so many houses. And so yeah, no, we, I we're, totally we're like, what? It, it was a year. Yeah. Um, there was a we house. We forget co- what movies we've covered. People yeah. are like, you did an episode on that. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did do an episode You're on right. that. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, 
yeah, there was a house called the Legendary Truth, the Wyandotte Estate. And that house was actually in production for three seasons. Oh, wow. Because we didn't know how we were going to accom- uh, accomplish a few different things that we knew we needed in that house in order for it to be the story that we wanted to tell. Mm-hmm. So it stayed on the shelf, and we did R&D each year building up towards what that house was going to end up becoming. And it didn't even have a title at the, at the, at the time. It was just like, Haunted House. <laughs> <laughs> like we use code names now sure. because people pull permits and they, you know, they're, they're really invested in what uh-huh. we do. Uh, so they'll go to the city and they'll pull our permits and find out what our titles are if we're not yeah, careful. Yeah, yeah. So we use code names to disguise that. But at the time, that was what? Haunted House. <laughs> and when we talk about the haunted house, you're like, okay, that's great. But what does it mean? And, yeah. then, we, and then once we got comfortable with, with, okay, I think we're here as far as all of the individual pieces and parts of that house, we're going to take that one off the shelf and we're going to make that one of the focal points of the year and then everything else can fold in around that. Um, so on a year-by-year basis, you never know what you're going to get. And some some move faster, some move slower. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, I was always curious about that process because obviously with your original things that you're coming up with, you have all the time you want, right? You're writing the script, you're coming up with a story. I'm not, I, yeah, I get you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have binders of yeah. like, oh, yeah. these are ideas yeah. that pops I, in my well, head. Sure and that, and, and that's the thing. Time. For original content houses, yeah, you can start day one and just start pressing forward with a list sure. of ideas that you might throw up on a whiteboard. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know in the past you've utilized icons to sometimes tie the full event together. Mm-hmm. Like with Bloody Mary, every house sort of had fed into the story of her. And then, you know, some years you didn't and it sort of, Wave, it seems to be like wavering out. Like, how do you decide when an icon is quote unquote necessary for a year? And things um, like that? there have, there have kind of been three different phases as far as the history of the event is concerned for the first 10 years, you really had it all about, you know, the, the original content. And then in the, in the, the middle third, if we're going to talk about the 30 year mm-hmm. history mm-hmm. in the middle third, it was all about the icon era. You know, you had, you know, Jack and caretaker and, and uh, storyteller and director. And then later on, you'd have Usher and Chance and things like that. And then we kind of f- moved into a phase where it's all about the thematic of the event, what wraps up the umbrella of everything. And that's not to say that, you know, cre- characters like Jack haven't come back and presented the 25th anniversary or, or things of that nature. But the idea of an icon means that we not only have the opportunity to be able to use them if we are a fixture in the 25th anniversary as Jack presents yeah. X, but also it could be just a matter of we want to live within that character's world. So in 26, Chance was the icon, but she also utilized so many other things that you know she was more of an in-park play where it was she had a scare zone and a house and she had moments in a show and then that was it. Like mm-hmm. we had the opportunity to be able to, to utilize them as the fixture, the kind of the, the glue that brought them all together. Mm-hmm. And again, it speaks to the varied slate, whether or not that presents itself as something that we want to use. Yeah. Um, so then that, that changes on a year by year basis as well. Makes sense. Yeah. Talk a little bit about the process of, I know it, uh, killer clowns is a great example because this year it's a maze last year. It was a scare zone. Mm-hmm. And I know that's happened before. It's not, the it's happened a couple times. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. How does that happen? Where like like the evolution? Of, you know, I'm assuming last year's scare zone must have been very popular. But um, beyond that, I'm sh- there's a different 
was it idea set up as mind. a tester? Like, do you ever have ideas where you're like, let's test it with a scare zone to um, build into a house, or is that organic? In the nature, it's pretty organic. In the nature, of, in in reaction to the popularity of trick or treat as a scare zone or killer clowns as a scare zone. Um, and then in the case of Yeti becoming a house where it was a single character at the end of a house last year and the popularity of it, um, we really listened to the fans. We really gauged the guest reaction to those particular characters or in the case of Killer Clowns and Trick or Treat, those properties. And then we reinvited them back and said, we really would like to blow this out. We want to dive into... Um, we really want to dive into Killer Clowns and, and develop it fully so that we go on the spaceship. You know, we're, we're, we want to see Clownzilla. Like, we want to, we want to go to those... <laughs> yeah, and you yeah. will. Yeah. And it's awesome. Okay. So, <laughs> Clownzilla is so cool. <laughs> it's so... Walking in there for the first time and you're just like, ah, ah we got him. He's so cool and he's huge. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, having the opportunity to be able to do that gives us... A, a chance as the creators to be able to listen to the guest reaction and really gauge what we want to do or where we want to carry the event on a year by year basis based on their reactions, mm-hmm. which is, which is something that is, which is wonderful when you've got 29 years of history that we're still nimble enough to be able to react to those kinds of things. And, and, and that is wonderful that we have the ability to be able to earmark um, a particular slot as far as an intellectual property is concerned, or in the case of Yeti, turn it into one of our original concept mazes and be able to hit the ground running at the top of that while the event is still rolling. So while 28 was still in function and it was still going, we were already diving into what Yeti was going to become. So it gave us a That's different awesome. appreciation as we walked through the, the end of Slaughter Cinema and saw them doing what they're doing. We're like, okay, we can use this kind of a room-ish, I guess, but what doesn't work as well as we hoped it would when it was on the concept board in 28? And how can we change that for 29 so that it is more impactful? Mm-hmm. And I think they, Charles and Nick in that house did such a great job. You're going you're gonna to get really scared. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Baby or otherwise, yeah. you're going to get really, really scared. So is it also kind of like a focus group in that like when you have uh, killer clowns, right? And there's a scare zone for it. Is it like, oh, these these one, these one parts of the scare zone were huge. We got to figure out how to make that part of the maze or you know, does that factor in at all as well? Of like, I mean, I'm sure translation. I'm sure that there are numbers. There are numbers somewhere on a board and a matrices that shows that it's a quadrant thing uh-huh, that does that. Uh-huh. But a lot of it is just us just going, the fans really love it. And yeah. Killer Clowns is awesome. Yeah, Let's put it in a yeah. house. Okay, okay. Let's engage the IP and see if they're even willing to play again. Because yeah, yeah. we thought we did an okay job with the scare zone. Yeah. And then they're immediately the you know, the powers that be were just like, yes, Killer Clowns house. Do go. Go. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, even the truck parked uh, outside the studio here looks looks. Isn't it great? Yeah, That's yeah, awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. One of the things I, I think is really interesting, and I'm curious to hear your point of view on, is I've watched in the past like people do those lights on tours that mm-hmm. you all offer, and the level of detail that you put into these things is astounding. And then you turn off all the lights and everybody's walking through this with their eyes half closed. So that's, that's an interesting thing from, from an artist's perspective of like, you know, all the really, you know, long hours that everybody is putting in to create these things. And then, mm-hmm. and then that aspect of it, is that kind of like difficult sometimes when you're like, oh man, I wish people could really see what we did on this wall or this, this, this piece here, that kind of thing. That's a, that's an, that's a great question. Uh, because, um, we we intentionally 
we intentionally, whether it would be an original maze or it's an intellectual property maze, and really they're at this point, uh, as far as the properties them outside of the properties themselves, there really is no distinction as far as the level of detail involved. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, early on in our history, there really was a b a houses and b houses. Okay, and and really the focal point was on these houses, and then these were kind of just like eh, they're they're, they're there, but sure. we're and the evolution of the event has become such a point where, on a on a complexity level. They're all equal. They're, they they all feel as if they're movie quality sets. Mm-hmm. And and I, I hope that you guys get the opportunity to really, to, you know, to not walk through necessarily with your eyes yeah, yeah. That being said, the reason that we go to the level of detail is because we understand from a, from a fan perspective, a guest perspective, as well as, I, I, I think a, a psychological perspective, that if we don't go to that level of detail, you might not know a difference, but you'll feel mm-hmm. a difference. Okay. You need to feel as if you are actually in those environments, and there's no way of us being able to do that unless we make sure that if you turn around, you've got 360 degrees of viewpoint inside that room, that you know you're in an immersive environment. You feel a difference if if we... It, you would know it if we cut corners. Sure, yeah. yeah. You, would, you would totally know it whether the lights are up or the lights are down. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Did you have anything else on your list? I just want to make sure you get your, I didn't want to bogart all the time. Um, what has been your, one of your, or maybe it's hard to pick one, like a top three favorite houses that you've worked on. Wow. <laughs> I know it's hard to pick one, so you can, you can give a couple. Um, let's see. Three favorite houses, uh, in our past. Um, the first Havoc house. Okay. Okay. Dogs of War. That was an incredible house. Um, Scary Tales last year. I thought was a fantastic house. Um, oh, there's so many. <laughs> yeah, that is a big, tough question. To and there's about. moments, right? There, sure. there, are, there are moments that pop out, like the facade of Poltergeist last year, or the hedge maze inside The Shining, or just seeing Reagan from the exorcist, like just, and, and, and I guess those are the, the moments that I, I, I would point to instead of what's a favorite house is it's moments of when we get the opportunity to see things as opposed to as a regular guest walking through the maze. Like the first time you walk into a house and, and it happens every year, uh, Charles and I do it intentionally together. We go to the house. It, once they start swinging hammers and it's just plywood and there's nothing else in the house, and you step in for the very first time and you see the plywood, it's automatically uh, exciting, but at the same same time, it's automatically humbling because we're like, wow, oh, the event's beginning again. Sure. Oh, they bought it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Suckers. Uh, but, 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 but it's also, it, it is extremely humbling that, that, you know, we've been, we've been afforded the opportunity to be a part of that legacy again. Mm-hmm. And, and so each year is going to present its own favorites. Um, at the end of the year, if you asked me at the end of the night, I'm going to have a different favorite every single day of the event. Sure. Yeah. Because it just depends on how the casts are beha- reacting, what's been going on. Um, in a large way, we get paid to see the scars where nobody else gets to see them. Mm-hmm. And that's a good thing because if we have the opportunity to try to f- fix as much stuff as we possibly can for the benefit of the guests, then by the time you guys get to come see it, it should be a fully realized, you know, wonderful thing. And, and, and I'm, I'm really, 
really excited for what you guys are going to go through. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're, we're super, super pumped. We've been talking about it for, for weeks now. So. I cannot wait yes. to see the reaction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be fun. Like I said, a lot of big baby screaming. I'm here, super here. excited. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, well, thank you so much for taking the yeah, time to really chat with oh, us. This thank has been really cool. We really appreciate it. So thank you, Patrick, and thank you, Allie, for bringing thank us down here. This is really, really appreciated. Um, uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks we'll so much, guys. Happy Halloween. <laughs> thank you. you. Happy Halloween. <laughs> so we just did our first maze, the uh, Universal Monsters one. Uh, it was really long and really terrifying. Which doesn't bode well because Stranger Things, like that was an average kind of length house. Stranger Things is supposed to be the longest house with 14 rooms. I didn't count rooms in there, but it felt like 100,000. <laughs> yeah, I kept being like, oh, it's, it's got to be almost over. It's got to be almost over. We've hit, you know, Dracula, the Wolfman, the Mummy. And then I was like, oh, no, here's the scene with the Hunchback of the Phantom of the Opera yeah. and the Hunchback of Notre Dame. Well, Phantom does count. Phantom totally counts. I'm not saying it doesn't count. I just forgot about him. Well, you know who was missing? Bride of Frankenstein. She was there at the end. She got me twice. Oh, I missed her completely. She, she did it in my ear, and I almost peed myself. I must have, like, I must have, like head down, shoulder forward theme park walked because I did not see her. Well, the big room where Frankie was walking around, she was like in the... With the guy on the table? Yes. Oh, totally missed He her. was like, and then she was like in the corner. Anyway, that was our first house. Um, I'm already eliminating some from the rotation because I'm a big baby. Uh, we'll see what I do alone or if I'll find some friends. So we just finished Depths of Fear which is an original idea about an underwater mining operation that gets attacked by fish monsters. I think the idea is they awaken some kind of evil that, like, infects them all or something like that. All right, that seems about right based on what we just experienced. You can hear chainsaws in the background of uh, Scare Zone going. Um, whew, I am exhausted from screaming. And uh, I think I'm actively making this experience worse for Andrew since he's been going first and I've just been ripping on his left shoulder screaming the whole time. It's, it's pretty bad. <laughs> um, but doable. My issue is that when I get scared, I want to move fast and get through it. And there's slow people in front of us who are in a long conga line. And I just, I almost rabbit punched an older man <laughs> because I wanted to move faster and he was... Taking his sweet ass time shuffling through. Yeah, it's really rough. Like your your instinct is to run, and you there's nowhere to run. So I did Eastern State Penitentiary, and when I got frightened, I just started moving very quickly. So you know they still scared you, but I was like running by them. And this time I'm just standing next to a monster that just keeps coming into my ear. Yeah, because you get when you get stuck, you're kind of like, oh well, I'm here now, and I have to wait, and I'm next to a boo hole. Because that's me. I am, I am like a fucking hawk. I am aware of all the boo holes and that there's no one in them. And I'm like, there's someone there. Someone's going to pop out of there. And then they still kind of get me. Yeah, I keep getting got by people that I can see, which is a crazy thing. Well, so I learned recently uh, the, a podcast, or like Dead Meat podcast, did an episode about jump scares specifically. And the science behind it is that the visual is not what scares you it's the audio which is why sure. loud sounds what gets you like even if it's like an innocuous sound like a, a bus passing by can scare you in a movie because 
So like even knowing someone's there is doesn't really save you because they're still gonna hit their activate button and it's still gonna make a loud sound and you're still gonna get got. Right. They use loud pops of sound in this, which really make you jolt. Yeah. Each little hidey hole has a button for them that they can slam on that activates the lights and the sound and then they pop out. So even if like you're staring at the hole and you know someone is there. They're going to get you. The fish monsters weren't even hidden because they're so large. You'd see oh, their big fish monster head sticking out of the hole, and then they'd still make me scream every single time. You can hear my voices going already, and we've only done two houses. Yeah, this is like 20% roller coaster voice, 80% Horror Nights voice. Yeah, so uh, that's two down. I don't know how many more I'm going to do. It should be eight more, but I'm not sure I'm going to do eight more. I think Andrew's about to go do House of a Thousand Corpses by himself. I don't know that I'm going to do that right now by myself. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to figure out what's next. So we are in the basically empty uh, Diagon Alley, right? Yeah. No. Yes. Yeah. So everybody is out doing all the scare zones. So we're taking a little break. <laughs> we just walked out of Stranger Things. It was the mo so far most doable. We've only done three houses. That was the most doable and most enjoyable. Like, if I went through a second time... We went the wrong way. That one had, uh, like, all scenes you recognized from the show, so you kind of knew what to expect as well, which I thought helped. Yeah, for sure. You definitely could. Uh, that is one I would like to have done a second time. Because one, now that I know what to expect... Because I purposely didn't watch any videos. Yeah, I didn't watch anything either. And, and honestly, I'm regretting that decision because I feel like I would be able to absorb, like, I don't know. I would be able to enjoy it more if my brain was, like, had it some idea of what was next. We're crossing over with the people exiting Ghostbusters, and they look like they're having a great time. So I'm we looking forward to that. We didn't, I did not hear never-ending story. We, as we walked into the maze, as we walked into the line... We heard never-ending story coming out of the exit. That's because we ran out of the last room where it started. Oh, uh, maybe. But there was no Susie dancing. There was there was a person behind a door, and we knew they were there, and we were just like, go, go, go! No, what they should... They, I wanted a Susie in her nightgown dancing in her room with her ham radio, because that's what I deserved after finishing that maze. Yeah, that was very long. That felt longer than the... Very the, enjoyable, though. Yeah, no, it totally. It horrifyingly scary. It was... I got some jumps, like I knew what to expect. I liked it. Yeah, that would be my favorite thus far because I'm a big giant wimp, and that was the least scary. Yeah, for sure. Although with plenty of jumping out at you. Yes. So we just walked out of uh, Yeti. Yeah, just got out of Yeti. Uh, Terror of the Yukon. A lot of big scares. Yeah, yeah. A lot of very large costumes of, of Yetis. No. <laughs> Um, the giant Yeti costumes. At one point, you're like walking through a like icy cavern, and they reach down from above, and I just dropped. I couldn't. He literally it. crawled out of there. It was crazy. I dropped into a squat, and then was like, "I'm staying. I'm safe down here <laughs> because you're up there." And it was crazy because there was one standing up high that got people. And then as we were looking there, the arm came swooping down, and we couldn't see that person. Yeah, they did a bait and switch. Yeah. You could see someone, and then another one got you. Oh, and yeah. there were people shooting guns, and they were like, I guys. I, I kept getting hit with, like, puffs of air that were scaring the ever-loving crap out of me. It would be like a... And then you would blow against your shirt or your head or whatever. 
Yeah. Man, that was creepy. One guy got gutted and it sprayed yeah. water. Yes. And a, cat, a team member warned us about that. Yes. What? Uh, a lovely young woman at yeah. the Jurassic Park ride was like, yeah. oh, Yeti got me real good because yeah. he squirted water on me. Yes. And then we forgot. Yep. And there was another point where that guy, like, puppeted a guy. He, like, stuck his arm through yeah. his chest. He punched through him, which was great. So, I mean, the effect was awesome, but it also sprayed us. And I was like, I just don't need to be wet with what my brain thinks is blood right now. I didn't mind being wet, though, because the house was very, very, very cold. Yeah. So the water got real chilled as soon as it hit your skin. Yeah, it's quite hot tonight. Great. Yeah. And it's about 80. Yes. Which has been pretty fun. I don't know. You're getting the zombie selfie there. I, yeah, he's somewhere. He got bored with us. Yeah. Just got done with Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Uh, and it's, so you can't film in any of the houses, which is why you're just getting the reaction after the film. Right, yeah. We wish we wish we could do that. but yeah, There's a lot of videos online because at Media Nights, they do let people film if you want to see what's going on. Because that's what I did for so many years before I came. Yeah, definitely. Um, that was another great house. Like, I, yeah. I, we really should have. That was really fun. Yeah. The ones we knew. Because, like, the, you walk in and there's a the smell of popcorn. And then at the end, there's a the smell of cotton candy. And it was awesome. Um, Patrick had told us that Clownzilla was going to be our favorite part. And I think he was absolutely correct. Oh, my correct. God. Clownzilla. That was amazing. Took the night and ran with it. Yeah. My only complaint is that. It, it deviated from the movie, and so like Clownzilla in Killer Clowns, Clownzilla's the end of the movie. Right. And he's not the end of that scare zone. Right. I was like, oh, it's over. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> Which honestly, nice I think they did that on purpose. Yeah, because then you had to still go through the because that. Uh huh. As soon as I, we walked into the cotton candy cocoon room, I was like, oh, wait a minute. How did I not realize we had to go through that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, that one was also really clever because they had a bunch of like puppet or uh, like um, dummies yeah dummies or uh, what do they call it a, a, a store mannequin? yeah mannequin versions of the clowns that it was like is that a person or is it a clown is that a person or is it a, that is was a really effective because it was because they're all wearing masks anyways so it's not like with a, a lot of mannequins you can look at and go oh that's a mannequin right right but this was a really great use of that because I couldn't tell who was what well especially because I watched one of the videos of the house that's only on the west coast because I was like oh I'm not going to see this no, uh, it might have been I watched show. Holidays in Hell. I forget the name of it, but there was a guy in a werewolf costume who was moving like a robot. Like he was just, Oh, I did he, see that. He was just moving his arm like really slowly up and down. And then as soon as people came by, we'd go like, Wah! and I thought it was it was such a clever thing it's that they so came up brilliant. with. So that one was really, really fun. Way better and more fun compared to I'm enjoying the first this way two. More yeah. Of course, like I said, when we were off uh, recording is like, we're going to do these fun ones and then we're going to go back to the scary ones and be like, I hate this. Why are we doing this? Yeah, probably. Only yeah. a couple are super scary. I'm yeah. sure. So anyway, that was a big improvement. Very yeah. A plus for me, I think. It's getting better. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. So good. And like, again, I wish I could go through it a second time because now I would be so scared because my brain knows what has an idea of what's coming. Like, we saw the movie. I loved the movie. And I was curious how well it would translate to a house. And I w it, it translated really well. I thought it was a great house. Um, 
We got to see Elizabeth uh, Moss's character. Uh, all so many doppelgangers. Uh, and it ended with uh, two long lines of red jumpsuit people holding hands. They were all mannequins with real people interspersed throughout. So you didn't know who was real and who wasn't. And it was dark. And that creepy anthem was playing. And I tripped him pushed me all the I way I basically through. just pushed him like a like a he was a bulldozer played and I was the bulldozer. Yeah. You know what? Disappointed I didn't I did not hear five on it. Well yeah, they didn't play the real version, they just played the slowed down version. But, but yeah, but I, I, I wanted the, the five on it remix because I like that. They, a lot. they did do the cue of fuck the police, which I thought was yeah, good. Yeah, they totally did. They had the Ophelia of fuck the police. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I missed the two songs. Oh my god, look at Anarchy. Oh man, that looks really cool. Sorry, how beautiful Anarchy looks right now. Alright, so we wrap things up with Ghostbusters. It was a great house. Extremely cinematic, as you used to describe one of the other ones. Mm-hmm. It, 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 the scope was insane. A lot of the scares were the Ghostbusters like coming to rescue you or something along those lines, which was really interesting. Yeah, it was clever use of that, because I know they did that before with um, Ash in Ash vs. Evil Dead, where Ash oh. was delivering a lot of the scares. That makes a lot of sense. A lot of Ray stance popping out at you. Peter Venkman, the whole gang. Mm-hmm. Uh, very little uh, Harold Ramis. I only got him in the one scene where they were blasting Slimer with the... Oh, yeah. Uh, and I think that one guy was supposed to be Lewis, but I didn't... There was Lewis. Yeah. Okay. Because he said the key holder. Yeah, yeah. I needed him wearing that helmet. That was what I was... The, the one criticism I have, I would like to have seen him wearing the helmet. Yeah. The Janine took the show. They had a live-action Janine with a microphone. Because often these houses, everything's just pre-recorded and they're lip-syncing. But this was a live actress which, with a mic and was answering phone calls and like kind of chit-chatting with the guests. Yeah, she was really great. Uh, definitely not Bill Murray's voice. No? No. Uh, a decent sound alike, but definitely not Bill Murray. Um, the Slimer puppets were awesome. They were very scary. Well, because I wasn't—I didn't know what was going to be end up being a puppet because they did a lot of screen work. Yeah. In the beginning. Uh, and the um, Gozer dogs were really cool. Yeah. A lot of those. Uh, I enjoyed like walking slowly past that as it was snarling at me and getting good eyeful. Yeah, that was great. Um, so let's do quickly, uh, what did you think was the scariest house we did tonight? Scariest probably would have been Universal Monsters. Yeah. The most. That, that was the one I think too. Uh, close second being that underwater one, which I know a lot of people didn't care for, but I think it being earlier in the night really changed the way those houses worked. Well, and also it being a house we knew nothing about. Like it wasn't, we, we didn't have a movie to base off. Right. We didn't have a TV show or something. It was just like an idea. Right, and the, the monster design was cool. They were kind of like anglerfish. Yeah, I liked the design a lot. Uh, and you really got to see them, which I thought was great. Uh, if you were going to repeat one, what would you repeat? I would have repeated Killer Clowns or Stranger Things. Okay. Because I think it's just... Stranger Things had so much in it. And I think... I, I almost wish I had watched some houses beforehand, so I had an idea of how scary to expect... Um, yeah, I think there was a moment in the Stranger Things, and I kind of ran by because I was afraid, but they, um, I think they had the Will actor, like, throwing up a slug. Yeah, in the mirror. It was, yeah. you, you, were, you were in the upside-down version of the bathroom, and then the mirror lit up from the other side, and Will was throwing up in the real world. Yeah, so I think that would have been cool, but I was too afraid, and I ran past it. I did, too, because I didn't know what was going to happen. Right. 
Um, but yeah, I like that one. I think uh, it would be a, a tie between Ghostbusters and that for a repeat for me because Ghostbusters was a good would it be a good repeat, right? Just so many moments in there that were just fun, like the librarian done as like a Pepper's Ghost effect was really cool, mm-hmm. um, and the the book sliding around and you kind of move quickly so you can like only kind of glimpse these things as you run by, which is a bummer, but it's it's uh, really really well put together. Yeah. How about uh, Halloween Horror Night survival tips? Uh, wear comfy shoes. Yeah, that's Especially definitely. if you're going to play in the park beforehand, because we clocked almost 35,000, 35,000, 35, right? No. Yeah. No, that looks right. Yeah, that's 35,000. I had to yeah. do th- double check those right. Yeah. 35,000 steps. Which uh, is like 15 miles almost, I think. I mean, I can pull up my Fitbit. You need to have someone willing to go first, which luckily for me was Andrew, because I would not have been able to hack that. Yeah, someone has to be willing to go first, and it's honestly it's not a fun parade going first. I will I will admit that. Yeah, no, I, he, he, you sucked up all the scary stuff. The other thing I think, uh, while you can definitely get a lot of houses done if you yeah. come early, fifteen point two nine miles. If you have that stay and scream and come early, but the less people in the houses, the more intense they are. I agree. Um, but also then you run with the more people you run the risk of it being a very slow moving line you're kind of conga-ing through yeah see I appreciated the conga because then I could see where all the scares were coming and I was able to like brace myself for it it was kind of like watching with your fingers over your eyes yeah but also um, <laughs> sometimes you got stuck and you were like I want to run past this scare but I can't and now it's going to get me I got scared by I don't was it a ghost mo- I don't know what it, what jumped out of me in the Ghostbusters house but I knocked Andrew into another guy and almost knocked both of them over I yeah, I didn't see what it was so that was a yeah. you, that was you yeah. scare yeah it just was the oogity boogity got me um, uh, plug your ears if you get too scared because I ended up doing that in one or two houses because the, like we talked about earlier the sound is what's way scarier so plugging your ears and really muffling that helps to negate some of that fear even though you're still visually taking everything in and you're still going to get some of those jumps, it's less severe. Yeah, you could uh, just bring earplugs, I guess. Yeah, because uh, the... So in the Stranger Things room, uh, the, in the Stranger Things house, there's the room where Eleven... From the end of season one where Eleven is defeating the Demogorgon in the classroom. The actress playing Eleven actually had earplugs in because that room is, like, just constant screaming and yelling. Right, right. A lot of the uh, staff who are in there to, like, keep things going also had earplugs in. Yeah, they were also. They also ended up scaring me because they're just yes. There. Yeah, they're just a person standing there, and you're expecting it to be a monster. Um, but yeah, um, big thanks to Universal for having us out. Uh, really appreciate the yeah, opportunity. Thank you guys, enough. Yeah, this was really cool. We've been wanting to do this for a very long time, and really excited that we got to finally do it. So, uh, and thank you all, Patreon supporters, for uh, supporting the show in this way. Because without you, we probably never would have done this. So, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It was uh, all sorts of gratitude for us being able to do this. Yeah, this was. I get I, I, a lot of times today. I just was like, I can't believe this is really happening. This is actually tip to tail actually a thing that's happening to me because of this podcast so thank you yeah really really special so uh i think that is all we have i hope that you enjoyed hearing it even with the lower audio quality we'll be back to our normal studio sessions uh quick as you can uh so thank you all very much for listening as always i have been triple a i will always be andrew leno until next time don't you forget about me Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. Ow.